Okay, welcome to Jets Rewind. This is Marty Shupak, and I'm with Ralph Sharega and Ray Clifford, and it's uh, Thursday, August 20th. We are recording this Thursday night. How you guys doing? Great. I'm doing great. Beautiful day here. Yeah, it is. Uh, the humidity sort of dropped and the temperature dropped. It's been pretty nice. Um, just so you know, Ralph, I was up near um, Hancock yesterday. Really? It was 56 degrees, so... I remember, yeah, but, yeah, but was the uh, was the store the candy store open? Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> we got a lot to work on, and uh, first we want to do the Jets trivia, Ralph's regular deal. So go ahead, Ralph. Okay, this will be a group effort between you and Ray. Uh, how many different Jet running backs have rushed for a thousand yards in a season, and then can you name them? So there you go. Ooh. Okay. All right. I think I wrote, put, put it down. All right. Let me just go over today in uh, training camp and Thursday, a couple of different things. Some mean something and some don't. Take it for what it's worth. It is training camp. Quarterback Mike White connected with Chris Hogan near the back of the end zone. And rookie cornerback Lamar Jackson was in coverage. And Hogan actually did a nice job keeping both feet in bounds. Jamison Crowder made a nice adjustment, getting very low to catch a pass from Darnold, and Blake Cashman was in coverage. Coverage. They concentrated on situational work, and Sam Darnold, who's having a very good uh, training camp, marched the field down the field, but Brett Moore missed a 40-yard field goal. Quarterback Nate Harrison broke up a couple of passes today, including one intended for Chris Herndon, who we'll talk about later. Defensive lineman Queenan Williams got into the backfield twice in a hurry for a would-be sack and a run stuff. Kicker Sam Ficken connected on all four of his field goals, including a 53-yarder. Jamison Crowder made a nice adjustment to catch a pass from uh, Darnold again. And Le'Veon Bell scored on a short run. He has lost 10 pounds since last year. He's in great shape. Let's move on. Let's start Marty, talking. Marty, let me just add a couple things. Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah. One-on-one drills. I saw Quentin Williams go up against Alex Lewis twice. He ran around him like he was standing still. I don't know if it's Lewis is bad or Quentin Williams is that much better this year. And I saw a couple of one-on-ones with Jordan Jenkins and Mekhi Beckton. One of them, Jenkins, beat him pretty easily. The other one was pretty much a standoff. I, I saw that one with uh, Jordan Jenkins, too, which was, uh, which was, which was really interesting. Uh, they're very thin at wide receiver, and I can't tell you, Ray, am I overreacting where I, I'm just so frustrated with this Denzel Mims. I can't stand it, Ray, when guys come into training camp and the first thing they're on, the rookie season, you know, they can't practice. Am I overreacting to this guy? Uh, probably a little bit, only because I don't know how much they were able to work out before training camp or if he would have worked out. Uh, Parcells was always big on if you miss time, you know, whether it be holding out or, or you don't work out in the off season, these kind of little nagging injuries are what you're going to see. And I kind of believe that, <clears throat> believe that as well. And so I, I'm not real worried about it. I'll be worried about it if it continues because hamstrings can tend to linger into the season. Ralph, uh, I wrote an article this week on Jets Rewind that um, I don't think the situation is as bad as everyone thinks. If you look at every individual receiver, as far as talent wise, and I wrote that article before they 
picked up Chris Hogan, is the receiving core is, is, as in dire straits as everyone's making it out? Well, you know, receiving core will look a lot better if he gets protection. I'm more worried about the offensive line. Um, as far as Mittens goes, at least he's not throwing up after he does <laughs> runs, you know. <laughs> but right. uh, Chris Hogan is a professional. I, you know, he's a good football player. He is going to be 33 in the fall, so I wonder if he, how much he has left. But he could help them. Um, you know, everyone's hot on Perriman now. Uh, we'll see if that lasts. You know, Jeff Smith, uh, I watched Jeff Smith up here in BC. Marty, this guy, Ray, he he had a, 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 um, a pro day time of 4.34. And I, I, if you look at his highlights, I've never seen a play where he didn't get caught from behind. You think oh, Vincent no. Smith looks slow. Another Vincent Smith, I can't tell yeah. you. You know, and Vincent Smith's pro day was four three seven. I think they're using Mickey Mouse watches at these pro days, Mark. <laughs> well, I so believe in. Go ahead, I Ray. believe in the. Uh, I believe in the, the term football speed too. I think a lot of these guys, you see that speed and the running in shorts and a yeah. t-shirt, but you get that you get that uniform on, and that probably affects your uh, your speed in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think acceleration is more important than flat out speed. When you know when and. I don't see it with Jeff Smith. I hope I'm wrong, but I frankly think Vincent Smith's a better prospect than Jeff Smith. <laughs> yeah, because his name has come come up that he's having a very, very good camp. Um, yeah, our yeah. guy Barrios, he's he hasn't practiced in a couple of days because of personal reasons, right. and, and, and that's another bummer. Ray, just want to bring out a point. You just brought out a great point about game speed, and the, the, the draft pick who's having a pretty good camp um, LaMichael, who is that? He he looks pretty good, and he looks when he has catches the ball, he looks a lot faster than I think everyone thought he would be. So I think that's a great point. Um, a couple of things they they're bringing in a couple of guys for tryouts. Dante Moncrief, who two years ago I actually liked him when he was on the Jaguars. And then he kind of fell off the face of the earth. And there's another player, Ralph and Ray. You, you may remember him. His name's Kevin White. It just came over the wire about an hour ago that he's going to try out. Kevin White is a former top 10 pick. Yeah, from West Virginia. He's a real, real West, huge prospect. West Virginia, and he's with the Bears. And I guess uh, at the time they had him, Joe Douglas and Adam Gase were involved with the Bears. You know, he never got off the ground. I think he got hurt immediately, and he's just never been able to uh, do anything. Well, th this is the problem, and I looked up his injury history. He just keeps breaking one bone after another, and uh, he had three years of that. So I really don't know if he's worth it. I mean, I looked at his um, his college highlights, and as we all talk about the. The highlights from college of these guys are incredible. Yeah. But if you guys remember, and uh, Ray, I don't know if you were out in the Ohio when they had that great center who was the best player in the country, and he kept breaking. Greg Oden, yeah. Greg Oden. Oh, remember? basketball, yeah. <laughs> I was going to wait a minute. He had micro fractures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he just constantly, and he broke his, his feet or his legs or whatever. And I, I just think some guys, for whatever reason, um, they just can't handle it with the stress and everything. And it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's one of those guys that <clears throat> he grew big so young. And I think that affects 
them in some ways. Remember, Sam Bowie was the same type where he couldn't uh, he yeah. couldn't play on the court either. Or we're leading the league in uh, first round receiver busts that we're trying to. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! For redemption <laughs> projects. It's right. Ridiculous. Now the receiver is a very high bust uh, position <laughs> first round. Just just to talk about a few of the players in training camp, and uh, we had mentioned um, uh, Brashard Perriman, and I'll get to him in a second, but some of the players that have looked good, Marcus May, Nate Hairston, and Quincy Wilson, uh, Queen and Williams, Sam Darnold. Frank Gore. Frank Gore's looked pretty good. Frank Gore. Chris Herndon might be the best player on the field so far. Trevon Weston looks good. Uh, Mackay Becton. Uh, Ralph Jeff Smith, he's on the list. Uh, Brashard Perriman and Jordan. How about Javelin Gidry? I heard some uh, someone throwing out some props for him that he's the best undrafted free agent they've seen so he's far. He's a he's a defensive back, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear anything, but that would be great news. It really yeah, would. Yeah, because he was really loud, low down on the list. Uh, I. And by the way, Zaniga is hasn't been playing either. Uh, right, and I'm going to go through the injuries in a second, but. Um, you know, Ralph, last week when you were sunning yourself on the Cape, I mentioned to Ray, part of the show, I said, you know, the most hype player I've heard in a long time is this Ashton Davis. I mean, if you were to hear what's going on down here about this. Well, oh, I mean, you know, the, the backflip has made him. Uh, oh, yeah. Issue. We, we saw that. I yeah. haven't heard his name mentioned in two days. So I don't know what's going on with this guy. But anyway, Brashad Perryman, it says he – just had five practices, and it looks like he's been playing with Sam Darnold for years. Now, Ralph, I put up an award, which we're going to give. And, Ray, we're going to na – Ralph named it. It's the David Clowney Award. We're going to give <laughs> it at the, end, at the end of training camp, who's the best uh, training camp player. So I have to see. The one player that I heard bad things about, though – you're not going to hear a lot at the beginning because a lot of these reporters don't want to go on a limb. Apparently, the wide receiver, Michael Cager, he doesn't sound like he's too good. The tall guy? Uh, the guy from Georgia. It's not Michael. Michael? Uh, Is it Michael? Lawrence Cager. Lawrence Cager, yeah. yeah. He just breaks out of his uh, pattern so slow, they say. What about Campbell? Have you heard anything about him? He's just – Campbell is just kind of steady. He didn't, like, really – jump out but he's still there yeah. so listen there's a shot that he could he could make the uh well he's got an opening you know yeah uh, he could make the practice while one of these guys they really have to step up yeah um couple of things as far as injuries pierre desire is a hamstring brian Poole has dehydration he's had it for like all the practices which normally would be a worry but i mentioned to ray ralph that i remember he had it last year at the beginning right I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe he should consult with Joe McKnight. Unfortunately, Joe McKnight is, is gone. So rest yeah. in peace, Joe yeah. McKnight. <laughs> James, Bur James Burgess has a lower back. Cameron Clark has a shoulder injury. Uh, Denzel Mims we know about. Uh, Zabari Zaniga has a quad. And there's some other players that are no names. I haven't heard five. anyone mention uh, Bryce Huff. So far, I haven't heard his name mentioned. Ray, have you heard Bryce Huff's name mentioned at all? Because I've been looking for it. No, I haven't heard anything about him. Um, he did come off the pup list, right? Oh, that's right. He might still be on. Well, no, that's Bryce Hall. Oh, Bryce Hall, yeah. Bryce Hall is Bryce still, still on, on it. The Hall's mixed up. 
and yeah, you'll mix up your prices. And uh, just remember <laughs> Huff, as in Sam Huff, a New York linebacker. That's how you remember it. And you can but, be that good. Yeah, Bryce Hall, I, 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 I'd be surprised if he starts the season on the 53-man oh, roster. Yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't see it either. Um, so that's the deal. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. The one player I was a little worried about, offensive lineman, they said Connor McDermott. He went off the field yesterday, and I thought at first it was Connor McGovern. Yeah, I was freaking out. Everyone so, was. <laughs> so was I. But <laughs> it turns out it's a backup lineman, uh, which is good news. And the MRI came back uh, negative so, or, or whatever. It was good news. So he's, he's back. <clears throat> Guys, I want to just quickly move into, and we talked about it last week, the college season. And then Ray has an interesting um, – aspect of it with a high school player but i just want to mention i don't know if you heard two hours ago it just came that the new york mets two people tested positive for covid one was a player and one was uh, on the coaching staff they canceled tonight's game which is thursday night and they also canceled tomorrow night's game friday against the yankees and i i think just like this is a regular thing in baseball I think it's going to happen in football um, as we move into the season. How can it not in football? You know? Yeah, it, it, it's going to have to. And uh, sitting at each other's helmets all the time. <laughs> right. The one thing they have, and Ray, I'll ask you this. I mean, could you see them like um, canceling a game either with two teams or the whole league and just tacking it on at the end of the season? Or do you think like if – this virus affects like one team or more. They'll just uh, delay their game to the end of the season. Oh, well, I, they could. They have the flexibility and the time to do it. But I think the problem is, is if you don't do it for the whole league, I mean, you're, you know, that's assuming any team would have one incident. Well, what if they have three incidents of it? They're going to have to try and play three games and everybody else wait on them. Or I just, I, the same problem they're having, and if they've got to cancel games because one guy tests positive, we're uh, we're in for a tough season because I don't see how why they can't go on with the other guys. Obviously, they have to be tested and all that, but I, I just think this is just a recipe for disaster the way it's playing out. What I heard was that with the New York Mets, they canceled tonight's game, but they canceled tomorrow's game because they tested – the rest of the players, and they won't get the results back to tomorrow. So I'm just trying to figure out, Ralph, how would that, again, what's your... Well, with football, I guess a little, you know, a little better chance because it's once a week. But uh, I think what they should end up doing is having every team play the year, and then you throw out your high score and your low score, you know, and everyone uh, has the same amount of games. <laughs> you know, Marty, these seasons are insane. I mean, you think about hockey. But the, the championship, the play, uh, the uh, Stanley Cup finals are going to be like in mid-September. That's when the next hockey season starts. So, right. And yeah, we're going to talk about college football. What are they going to do? They're going to have a season that's going to end in May or June. And then these guys in a month are going to start training camp and go to the pros. I don't know if they thought this stuff out or what. It, it, it's tough to think out because everything is on the fly and it changes every day. That's the thing. You just have to have an open mind and, and a million different scenarios. We're going to get into the college right now, but before we do, 
it's time for one of my scenarios for both of you. Is you ready? And I'm going to start. Oh, I don't know if my heart can take it. But I'm going to start with Ray. Okay, Ray. If it was today, all right, which player would you have drafted right now? The uh, Ed Oliver defensive lineman, Josh Allen defensive lineman, or Queen and Williams? Uh, at the time, I was. Uh... I, I liked Josh Allen the most of those three at the time of the draft. So, both. What, what about today? If you had your choice well, today. Well, with the year he had last year, I, yeah, I, I still like Josh Allen. Um, he didn't, he, he didn't, you know, destroy people, but he had a good solid year. You know, Williams, I'm still hoping pans out, but I'm not, I'm not as sure. Ralph, who would you take? Uh, I, I feel better about Williams this year i think he's gonna have a really good year but i still would stick with the guy i wanted which is ed oliver okay i would take queen and williams just everything i've been reading everything i've been hearing i just think he's taking it so serious and no offense to ed oliver he's probably ed oliver's probably more talented but you know you're living on the edge with that guy though too <laughs> a little you know? Because yeah. you don't know what he's going to do. Wherever he goes, he had a pro – I don't know if you know this, Ralph and Ray. He had a problem in college, you know, with his coach. Uh-huh. Did you remember that? The coach wanted – I do remember him. that, yeah. And I don't know if that was all this. I think the coach is being a bit of a pill in that situation, actually. Yeah, but, and uh, yeah, and then he had the issue in, in the professional. But all of a sudden, I've come – I don't want to say 180 degrees, but everything I've read and heard – and how last year, you know, he had that high ankle sprain. He didn't want to complain about it. He lost a tremendous amount of body fat. He lost five pounds in weight. He's been looking really good. I would take Queen and Williams right now. I well, I, yeah, I love what I saw today against Alex Lewis. You know, someone in college, I guess one of uh, his offensive linemen used to practice against described blocking Quinn and Williams was block, trying to block a 300-pound uh, bar of wet soap. Uh, and you know, today I could I could see that you know some guys it takes a year to understand what it takes to be a, a pro player. So you might be right. I hope you are. I hope. Well, I'm plus right. you had said about him having what was it an ankle injury mm. last year that he was nagging him. It was nagging him, and he didn't complain about it. And the right. Jets, so. not that they hide, they hit it, but he told him, "I don't. I'd rather you not say anything. You know, it's not that bad." But it definitely affected him because a guy like that big, he's got to push you off. The thing I'm wondering about, Martin, is, and Ray, I, I hear people say that he's going to be playing nose tackle. And uh-huh. I don't want him at nose tackle. I mean, was how much did he play nose tackle last year? I thought oh, that, that was McClendon and uh, Foley. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you Foley, Futakasi, right. He's the guy yeah. I want also. You know what, Ralph? You, you, it sounds like you followed what's going on. There's one player that last year he made the team as an undrafted rookie free agent. His first nine games, he was outstanding. I haven't heard his name once. I, maybe you have Kyle Phillips, who I really like. No, I haven't heard his name at all either. Is that that surprising at all? I don't know. Maybe he's hurt. Yeah, it is surprising. He was pretty good at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, they, they, I guess they just grab people who uh, – People, uh, they think, want, you know, we want to hear about. So they're always talking about these high-profile guys. But, yeah, I'll have to uh, keep an eye out for him. All right. Ray, why don't you talk about this player in Ohio? As our fans may or may not know, 
Uh, Ray is located in Marysville, Ohio, within the Columbus area, and he's a big Buckeye fan, or he follows <clears throat> them. And he brought something up to me, which I thought, and I think Ralph thought was very fascinating, not just uh, professionals and college players are opting out, but now there's a trend that some high school players are opting out. So, Ray, why don't you tell us about this uh, player, uh, Sawyer? Well, <clears throat> since the Big Ten has uh, put off their season till the spring, it won't, they won't start till like January, a lot of these kids are not playing their senior season uh, because his name's Jack Sawyer. He's a five-star defensive lineman, defensive end out of Pickerington North in, in uh, Columbus, uh, and he committed to the Buckeyes. Well, he's going he's gonna to have the cre credits to graduate early. So rather than <clears throat> Chance getting hurt in his high school, because he did have a knee injury before, so he kind of uh, was wary of that but he decided he would forego his senior season and enroll at Ohio State early. And with the spring schedule of uh, games, uh, Ryan Day, the coach at OSU, is actually hoping to get him there so he can play basically two seasons for the price of one. He's hoping to get him to play in the spring and in the fall and have it only count as one year of eligibility. Um, but he is not alone. Ohio State has five guys who have opted out of their senior season, and four of those committed to come to school early because they had the credits to graduate and could start early. So, Ray, can I just interrupt you for, for a second, and maybe yeah. you or Ralph knows. I'm just not sure of it. Go over what's the rule about being eligible for the NFL draft now? How many years um, do you have to be uh, – Three out years out of high school. Three years out of high school. Whether it's redshirt or not doesn't matter. Three years out of high school. And, and so if even if he played both seasons, it wouldn't count as an extra season towards going to the NFL. He'd still have to be out of high school for three years to be eligible for the draft. Now, if he does this and whatever he does, uh, if it's approved and he plays, is this something that could be a trend where – uh, some high school players will try to graduate early just so they could attend the school in the spring, get a jump on it. And I know uh, some of these big schools have this uh, spring scrimmage, which is a real big deal on campus. Ralph, could this be a possible trend in the future? Marty, you know, I'm thinking uh, beyond that. I'm thinking if you get like a guy like Herschel Walker coming out of high school, he just sits around for three years until he's eligible to go to the pros rather than risk injury. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen. I mean, all the good juniors and seniors are going to sit out the uh, football, college football season this year. So this is, this is like a domino effect. Uh, I, we're, we're living in a new reality here. Right. And uh, this is what we, uh, we all agreed why the, the, the trade with Jamal Adams with all those draft picks it's kind of devalued in a way. And Ralph gave the best scenario where going into last year, Joe Burrow was um, figured to be like, what, a fourth or fifth round? Yeah, they had him rated fourth to sixth round rated, yeah. And, and look, he was the best player in the country. Go ahead, Look at look, look, Quinn Williams. Coming into his last yeah. year in college, he was off the radar. He hadn't started. Yeah. Nobody even knew who he was. And he ends up being the third guy picked. That kind of stuff will not happen this year. Yeah. Just a, a point on that. This isn't unusual for a guy to 
enter school early, but it's unusual that he foregoes his senior season. Right, yeah. Uh, they've had guys at OSU finish their season, had enough credits, joined, uh, started school in, you know, in the winter months, and then they were eligible for the spring practice. But the season still wasn't until the fall. Well, yeah, you know, where, is, when, where are they playing? When are they playing in the high school season in Ohio, right? They're, well, actually, so far, they're uh, scheduled to start this, uh, I think. Really? Next week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, but he doesn't okay want right to play now. He's not going to play in that? No, he didn't. He uh, <clears throat> he was a little concerned about doing that and maybe getting injured because he had a an right. aunt. And they've had, you know, he had medical issues, so he didn't want to chance it. I, yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a big trend was if the college teams, this had started a few years ago, I think it was with uh, Christian McCaffrey when he opted out of a bowl game if they weren't in the playoffs. So this trend is going to uh, continue yeah. if teams aren't in the playoffs. and just play that. Uh, You know that, Ray. Uh, but, uh, of course, Jalen Smith, when he got his knee blown out for yeah. Notre Dame, and the, you know, that got everyone thinking after that. Uh, yeah. if, yeah. if the bowl game is meaningless, they're probably yeah. not going to play in it. Yeah, they got to expand the You playoff. can't blame them for that either. Absolutely you. not. When you're a top draft pick, you're talking millions of dollars. And, yeah. Right. Hey, one thing I just want to bring up, and I just skipped over it. Um, of course, before I went to bed, I was uh, – carousing the internet and Michael Lombardi came up with a story that um, the Jaguars and Ray, could you give me the pronunciation of the, well, I think it's in Gukwe, but I could be wrong. Gukwe, I think it is. Yeah. yeah they were in the midst of talking big trades. And at first it was um, the Eagles and the Jets. And then it was the Eagles and the Las Vegas Raiders. And then Lombardi came back and he said, Deep in discussions with the Jets. Now, nothing has come of it. The only thing, and Ralph, I'll say this to you because I discussed it with Ray. They were talking only about a second-round pick. And I don't know if that means that he's going to be signed or not signed. Would you do it for a second-round pick? No. I might do it for a third, but not a second. And uh, I don't want another guy who can't pronounce his name. We already have Ansuar and Philly Fadakozi, so... <laughs> I have to take diction lessons. No, I, I, you know, he's going to cost them a lot of money. This would really surprise me. It does not seem to be Joe Douglas's mo to make a trade like that. But, Ray, uh, how, how about you? Would you do it? I would if they're going to sign him to a long-term deal, but I wouldn't do it for a one-year rental. We aren't that close that one guy is going to make that kind of difference. Uh, Ralph, let me just say this: we're like uh, almost at the end of the first week of full practice. If Zuniga was on the field and I heard Bryce Huff's name mentioned, I might, I probably wouldn't do it. But, you know, and I know uh, Jordan Jenkins is having a heck of a training camp, but for a second-round pick, I think I would do it. Really? For a rental? We just don't get players like this, and, and I just think you have an outside shot that he could sign, too. And I think Joe Outside Duffin, shot, wow. That's, yeah, that's called money. <laughs> yeah, that's enough money because uh, you know, Marty. Next year, this is—he's not going to turn this team around next year. If you can't sign him, it's a bad, bad move. Well, All one right. other, one other quick thing about that is: yeah. how odd would it be that we trade for him and then sign him to long-term deal, but we wouldn't sign Adams? 
Yeah, like, well, that's uh, exactly why I think it's this not a Joe Douglas. This guy's over. He overestimates his value too, just like Clowney is. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, I heard somebody in the higher ups in the Jets, unnamed. They said that they didn't think he was their type of player. He was one dimensional. Now I don't know if yeah. he was just trying. That was part of negotiations. Whatever it is. Okay, we're gonna move on now. And we're going to, we're working on our all-time Jet team, and now we're going to get to the receivers. We're going to pick out two wide receivers and one tight end. I'm going to throw this off to Ralph. So, Ralph, why don't you uh, start with this? All right. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, two is tough. You got Maynard, and the other one has got to be a choice between Leslie Walker and Al Toon. Now, Walker had the longer career. Altoon was the more talented player. I'm going to give it to Altoon because if he hadn't gotten injured, he would have been probably the best receiver ever. Tied in, I go with Rich Caster. Rich Caster was a freak in the best sense of the word. He has the best yards per catch for any tight end in the history of the NFL. He, he caught so many touchdowns over 50 He's amazing. There's no other tight end who's ever been as explosive as he has. And, you know, he, he wouldn't make the easy catch, but he'd make the tough one. He, he was not a bad blocker, and I just have to – he was one of my favorite Jets. Yeah, uh, Ray, let me go because, as usual, I got the exact same players as Ralph. Um, Don made it, and uh, Al Toon, who's one of my all-time favorites, and it was just a shame that he was – I don't want to say wrong place at the wrong time, but – the wrong quarterback and the wrong team. <laughs> Richard Carson, Ralph's right. His um, yards per catch is 18.1, which is unbelievable. And if you look at it, the only competition is like Mickey Schuler. Mickey Schuler played in like 160 games. Rich Caster played in 107. And um, guess how many more touchdowns Schuler had than Caster, Ralph? Four. One. Yeah. 37 to 36, and he played like 50% more games. I, like you, um, was crazy about the guy. I thought that one disadvantage, if you remember, he came in as a wide receiver, and they converted him and right away, and he was just starting to get it, and he was becoming a better blocker. So um, without a doubt, those are my three players, Maynard, Altoon, and Rich Caster. And I got to give Wesley Walker some props because that guy averaged 19 yards per reception. He would drive me crazy. Sometimes we dropped the ball. And I'll always love the guy for catching that pass against the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. The funny thing about Wesley Walker, and I watched him in college at Cal, and he was a one-trick pony, and everyone knew it, but he still always <laughs> got behind everyone. It was, it was remarkable. He didn't have good hands either, but he just made plays. He was a really amazing and player. If, I, if I'm – uh, remember right, Ralph, wasn't he a track star too out in California? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ray, do you have anything different for us? Actually, no, that was the trifecta. I mean, I would get the second guys too, but I will say, uh, I think you're forgetting about one tight end who I, I had in the in the discussion was Jerome Barkham, who had a, a pretty decent career too. But uh, he started out as a wide receiver too, because uh, when he came in, he was kind of overlapping with uh, – 
you know, Caster was the tight end, then they sort of flipped them at a certain point. Yeah, so Arkham got like 17 of his TDs as a wide receiver before he became yeah. a tight end. But he had a pretty decent uh, run as a, a tight end, too. But uh, I was looking at the receivers, and the interesting thing, I always thought Art Powell was a tight end, but back in the day they listed him as yeah, he was a wide and flanker. And uh, he was only with the Titans for three years and had 27 TDs. Yeah, I cannot figure out why they traded him. I'd love no. to know what's behind him. He kept doing that there. And the other one is uh, <clears throat> some interest. And I was the same. I loved Wesley Walker. But Al Toon, the only thing that slowed him down were the concussions. But, <clears throat> you know, the other one that, you know, you think about but isn't in the discussion is Rob Moore. And I, I found an interesting stat when I read about him. He played five years with the Jets and five years with the Cardinals. While he was with Arizona, they target they, the pro football focus. Uh, I think it's focus. Tar, uh, gives these stats. They targeted him 712 times in those five years, and he had 322 receptions. With his five years with the Jets, he had 375 targets, and he had 306 receptions. So huh. much more efficient than when we – Really, <laughs> yeah. Right, and uh, another guy, kudos out to uh, um, Krabat, yeah, who um, was George only, Tower, yeah, yeah, who's the only uh, Keyshawn was a good receiver. Keyshawn was good. Yeah. One thing I'll tell you about Keyshawn, I was looking at the stats, I guess he was with the Jets five years, yeah, he was the one player, he never fumbled the ball, Ray. I know you love the guy, I did. He was really well, good that way. I mean, I thought he was a great blocker, and, and Ralphie always said he, he was like a tight end kind of the yeah. way he played. So, hey, we're going to wrap this up. kind of a diva coming in, but Parcells yeah. turned him into what he was. Yeah, Parcells he turned him into a full player. <clears throat> he loved Ralph, I want to say two things because you, you kind of turned me on. A couple of weeks ago, you had a Bum Phillips quote about Don Shula. Do you right, remember yeah. what that was? Yeah, sure. He would say about Shula, he could take his and beat yours, and the next week he could take yours and beat his. Which was great. And then I looked at he had a couple of good quotes. One is not politically correct, but this is what he said about Warren Moon. He said, that boy could throw a football through a car wash and not get it wet. I thought that was a great quote. And here's a better one about Earl Campbell. When they asked him at the press conference, because they were timing players in the one-mile run, in a one-mile run, and he didn't yeah. finish it. He said, when it's first in a mile, then it won't give it to him. <laughs> I thought that was another great question. That was great. So we're going to wrap it up. So this is hey, a trivia. We have a trivia question. Trivia question. Okay. Yeah, I, I always forget that. Go ahead. Uh, repeat. Right, how, how many, uh, Ray, how many, how many different Jets? What do you think? I came – I could think of – Three, I think, that had, but I think there was at least one more. Uh, so I want to say there was probably four. Marty? I, I say three. Seven. Seven. Seven different guys. Just name them. Go ahead. Martin, obviously, uh, the obvious one, Martin McNeil, Riggins. Riggins had oh, one man. year. Right. A thousand. And that was the first year a Jet ever ran for a thousand. I had him down. That's the guy I had down. I had him. Jones. Thomas Jones twice. And the other three are interesting. Adrian Morell twice. Oh, it's unbelievable. Sean Green twice. Sean Green? And Chris Ivory. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. That's <laughs> a great, great question. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> cool. All right. 
For uh, Ralph Schrager, Ray Clifford, this is Marty Schupack. For Jets Rewind, please look at our website, jetsrewind.com. We're adding stuff. It's in construction, but you can have a sneak preview. Until next time.